0: Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way Podcast, hosted by Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer of Creelan.com. Listen in as Creelan interviews powerful people who have tamed their fears, embraced their greatness, and gotten out of their own damn way. And now, Creelan Peters. Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way Podcast. I'm your host, Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer. And today I welcome Devanya Reed to the show, and before I bring her on, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about her. Devania is an empowerment coach – I'm sorry, an empowerment advocate, educator, author, and public speaker – She was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois, and I just have to give big ups because I was born and raised there too, whoop, whoop, to Chicago, Um, and that's where she earned a bachelor's degree in education and her master's degree in reading. She's also certified in educational leadership and has served as a public school educator for over 16 years in various capacities. Ivanya also served as the program director of Girls of Grace Youth Center, a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to mentoring girls and young women. She is a member of the Women's Speakers Association, and as a single mother of four boys, she juggled the responsibility of raising her boys and educating at-risk students. She has dedicated her life to educating children, acting as an advocate on their behalf. Devania's life experience and her passion for making a difference in the lives of children has pushed her into purpose and enabled her to be successful in her quest to have a positive impact on the lives of youth and women. She is now empowering others to be stretched to greatness. I love it. So welcome Devanya to the show.
1: Hi Trilin. How are you? Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, and thank you for being on. I always give big ups to my Chicago Pete because I love that area of the country.
1: <laughs> I love it too. I, I miss it. I, I just get, actually just got back from Disney. So it is great.
0: Oh, good, good, good. Yes, I still get get out there quite a bit to visit. I still have um, a couple of really good friends who live out there, and then my dad's just a hop, skip, and a jump in Milwaukee. So um, it's always <laughs> nice to go out and, and visit. So. And I, I'm i kind of like one of those, I like to visit, but I don't think I would live there again. But uh anyway, yeah. that's a whole other show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is. It oh, my goodness. It is. Yeah. So I would love to learn more about you. I know we connected through the Women's Speakers Association, so that's awesome. I always loved him to meet um other strong uh women from that group. And so just tell us a little bit more about who you are and how you've learned to get out of your own damn way.
1: Well, as you talked about, I am an educator, um, author, speaker. Those couple of titles I just recently added, the title I'm most proud of is Mom. Uh, as you <laughs> said, I raised four boys on my own for most of their childhood as a single mom. And one of the things that came from that, uh, one of the things that came from being a mom is the fact that I kind of focused my entire life on my children, especially being a mom at such a young age. I actually was 17 when I first had my first son. And so, and then I had children and then I was married. And and those things, when those happen at such a young, young age, you kind of get consumed with them. And so when my children left, Not too long ago, maybe a few years back, Crelin, when I realized that I was alone and I I didn't have anything else to focus my life on, I was lost. Mm. So I had no idea who I really was outside of being those boys' mother. And really doing everything I could to be a good mom and to provide for them. Everything everything that I accomplished as my children was growing, were growing is because of them. So the fact that I um, got a master's degree, a bachelor's degree, then a master's degree, then went on to educational leadership, all those things, the the reason for all those things was really because I was a mom and I had to provide for my children. Uh-huh. I'm not saying that I would not have done it because I, I always planned to go to college before I ever became a mom, but I do know what motivated me was to pro- provide for those boys. So as uh-huh. they grew and I accomplished those things, being a single mother, which was very difficult and and that's probably a whole other show too, but um, as I accomplished those things and they grew up and grew up to be men and, and left home. I was now faced with okay, what are what is my motivation now? Mm-hmm. So I like the I love the title of your show. How did I get out of my own damn way? I really I've always been a reader, so I've always read a lot, and I like to read because everything you ever need to know is in a book. So mm-hmm. I love to read and grow, and just some things that I've realized after being home and being faced with Devanya and who I was and what exactly I'm supposed to be doing and why I'm here outside of being a mother, is I've learned that everything really begins with how you think. So when your question is about how do you get out of your own way, it's really about changing your thinking. You can change. Once you change the way you think about some things, your entire life changes. Everything is going to change. So for me, when I changed when I went from being motivated from being a mom to thinking, okay, there is a reason why you're here. What are you supposed to be doing? And then I was able to change my thinking about a lot of things from there. So with that being said, I all, I've all always, always had um, a love for working with children. So I began to men- mentor children even before my boys left. And that's something that I've really started to do. I actually just recently wrote a children's book, uh, and, mm-hmm. and now I've added speaking to those, to that thing. And for me, all of those, all of that is about how I now see my life. And I no longer think of money. I think money is a big issue for my, I no longer think about the way that I spend my money as, oh my God, I don't have enough money. I think about, I make investments in in myself and I think that change in thought thinking like okay I'm wasting money to thinking now you're investing in yourself that has changed so much for me uh-huh. so I changed the way I thought about I wanted I wanted to write a book I knew that 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 book just came to me and I wrote it didn't know how it was going to be published but I had to spend money to get it published it was an investment so uh-huh. I think, I, used to, I think of it as an investment. I decided that I needed to be healthier um, and invest more time in my health. So now it's been five days at the gym. I'm uh-huh. five days every day. That's my I've changed my way of thinking. That's important to me. So I changed my life and I've changed my eating habits. And now and I've lost a significant amount of weight and I'm in the best shape of my life. So those Great. are just some things. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Now um, I'm down to a size six, but, yeah. So I'm excited about that. I don't know when that has ever happened. So those are the <laughs> uh, Oh, I love
0: it. I, yeah. So from from being solely focused on your kids, and I, I can relate to that. I was very focused as a single mom. I became a single mom when my son was about three, and then – um and then I went back to grad school the year after that, and so I totally get it. So I was, well, and I had again, planned, like you, planned to go and get my master's degree <clears throat> anyway, but I also needed to provide for my child, um, and yes. and so I totally can relate to that. And and our identities, I think, um, especially women, we our identities get really wrapped up in our families and our kids. And, um, as you experienced, we can kind of lose sight of that. And then there's that emptiness that happens when they leave home, um, or leave and come back as the case is with my kiddo. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that year and a half when he wasn't at my home, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the first time I've lived alone since before I was married. Like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, it's a really nice time of self-discovery, um, it at is. think that's how I found it was just, it was real, but it was also really scary for me. Was it scary for you too?
1: It was scary at the beginning. It really was. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought I wasn't going to miss them when they left me and I was really like, oh my goodness. But I'm going to be very <laughs> honest. When they hear this, they, they're probably, when I got over the initial shock and adjustment, I, I was happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. really like, wow. <laughs> I really yes, I
0: mean, yeah yeah, and I mean, it's not mean,
1: I to get used to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it takes some time getting used to it. It's really it really is an adjustment when you're not running around for someone else, you know, picking up report cards, going to basketball games, wrestling meets, uh-huh. and all uh-huh. those things. It's it's really a big adjustment as a as a mom and as someone. In my case, I was really always wanting to be. I'm sure most moms are, but I just to speak personally, wanted to be the best mom ever because i don't I didn't get to experience that when I was growing up, so right. I wanted my sons to experience something that I didn't experience, uh-huh. so I probably went a, I, I know I did I went a little overboard with it, and some things that I did and some things that I accepted because I thought this is the life that I wanted, even being with their dad and that relationship, as long as I was in that relationship and suffering abuses, abuse through that relationship, because I was so adamant that my children will have a two-family, you know, uh-huh. so that that would uh-huh. their mom and their dad would be together. And uh-huh. again, my mind in my head—that's what I was thinking, and I didn't want to let that thought go, and it was to my detriment. So.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, I. But- I was going to say that too. Like, it's, it our, our thinking really can get in the way, and it's not that we don't want the best. It's like we have the best of intentions, and yet that thought can drive our behaviors to the point where it may not. You know, looking back, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, of course. But um, mm-hmm. you know, we look back and go, well, maybe that wasn't the best situation. So, but there's also a, a place where you have to um, realize that that was what happened, that was the best that you had at the time because because you had such a strong commitment to family too.
1: Mm-hmm. Mhm. Exactly. And and I it it may sound strange coming from me, but I do not regret the things that I've experienced because I mm-hmm. know that it's all for a reason and it's to help other people. Because I I was able to experience those things, I'm able to help other people. Oh. Right.
0: Well, I'm really mm-hmm. glad because I, I think that's an important place to come to um, because we've all been through so much. Um, everyone has their, their story and their childhood difficulties and challenges and adult difficulties and challenges. And um, sometimes we can stay stuck in that place of, um, feeling really bad about how things turned out, feeling guilty or shameful, and um, but there's always something that comes out of it, right? There's always a lesson to mm-hmm. learn. There's always um, just a blessing, I think, in in everything mm-hmm. that we go through. And um, you know, and I I could only imagine. I would love to speak to your boys to hear what they think about like how strong you are and how you pulled yourself out of that, and were able to go on and and do some really wonderful things with uh, the population that you work with.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that would be a, a good conversation. They are my biggest cheerleaders. They really are. So mm-hmm. I, I know that that they appreciate any sacrifice i made. But now that they're adults, I, I do see it. They really do cheer me on. They support me. They share everything <laughs> on Facebook uh-huh. and social media. They call and give me advice now they're they're the adults on what to eat and how much to exercise and how to exercise so
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: they do <laughs> oh
0: good. It's always good to have those <laughs> cheerleaders in your life, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it is it really is, and it's great to so that it's them we We have a really great relationship, so i'm I'm happy about that. I'm proudest about that.
0: That's really great and i and I love what you talked about too, as far as um thoughts I mean that's like the crux um thoughts and fear are the two big chains that I work with with my clients and students, and how those things can really trip us up when it comes to changing or growing or going after what we want um or or changing a situation that may not be the healthiest for us like we may know mm-hmm. it in one part of our brain, but then the other part of our brain is. Like, too afraid to do anything about it. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm just curious to hear more about, um, what you think about all of that.
1: About fear?
0: Yeah, about, just- about, um, about the fear and the thoughts and, and, and overcoming them and, and uh, that struggle of wanting to, wanting okay. something different but not knowing quite how to go about it.
1: i think that uh, many times. It's just hard to ask for help when you don't know what you need, what you actually need help in, which is why I just recently started these um, videos on Facebook. I did one last night. And the reason behind it is because I believe that you can plant seeds, even if you don't change someone's mind right away, you can always plant a little seed in their mind. They hear it, and that seed is planted. So when planting that seed of and hoping that it'll grow, that's one of the reasons why I started to do it because I know there's some things out there that people just don't know, especially young people, and I know what that's like. But thinking about going back to thoughts, I've really become, you really have to become intentional about it. You have to intentionally think about your thinking. It's called metacognition, and I learned that term years ago in education, when you're thinking about your own thinking, but you really have to become intentional about what it is you want to do and how do you change it. Because here's the thing, when we want to help people, and all of us that that are in the business of helping people, we will not be able to help people change or do anything differently if we do not change their thought pattern. Uh That's the first thing we have to change. Because what you think is not what you eat is what you are. What you think is what you are because it first starts out as a thought and then it will turn into an action. But we never react to anything before it's a thought. So that's why, I mean, we Mm -hmm. need to become intentional about it in order to change a person's thought and in order to be cognizant of what we're thinking I have um, come to the conclusion that, that everything is really about how we think. Even happiness, I talk a lot about happiness now, because I realized recently that I was not happy for a while. I was not a happy camper before I moved to North Carolina. I was not happy with my job. I wasn't happy where I lived. I felt like I was, I was just stuck. But then I, I realized that happiness is it's not a state of being. Is is more of a state of, uh, not really a state of how you are, but your your way of thinking. It's the way you think. It's a choice. It is uh-huh. a choice. So you have to wake up every morning intentionally saying, saying or thinking, I'm happy. I'm happy.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I'm happy. Because if you don't, anything that comes your way is going to change. Every time something happens in your life, it's going to affect your mood. If you don't actually, if you don't choose to be a happy person. And how do you choose? Because you change the way of the way you think and see things. Because every storm in your life cannot bring you down and cause you to be depressed and unhappy because that is a terrible way to live. Because then you're allowing people and circumstances to dictate your disposition. And how crazy is that for circumstances and people <laughs> right. to dictate how you feel. That's crazy. Right? That doesn't even make sense. How do I let other do <laughs> And yet we do, do it. it. And we do it all the time. Exactly. So we have to really start thinking that those things that happen in life we have to be able to have a shield or we'll continually um, live this unhappy life if we don't have this mindset that happiness really is a choice and it's about what you're thinking and your thoughts and how you, and your frame of mind now things happen in life that of course are going to make us sad but I mean it, the, somebody left something out or didn't put something away those little things that get us upset why is it, it really that big of a deal is it really going to ruin my entire day the fact that somebody didn't agree with me, is that going to ruin my entire day? It's raining outside. Is that going to ruin my entire day? You know, so we can, we let things just impact us in a way that it just changes our whole outlook. And I don't want to walk around being an unhappy person. I refuse to. I refuse to be unhappy. I refuse.
0: Oh, I like that. I refuse to be unhappy. That should be an affirmation. <laughs> 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 for some better statement. Actually, like, no, actually, like, I teach affirmation. I was wrong. We don't want to state in the negative, but I do like that statement because I think, I think it, anything that shakes up our thinking a little bit, um and grabs our attention is a good thing. And what you're talking about here is, it like opens up a can of worms about conversations and, um philosophies that I've had for several years sharing with my clients and students about the choice factor in our feelings. Now there, there are certain feelings I think that are, are that are normal that come and that need to slow and pass, but there are choices that we have in how long we're going to feel that way, how, how we're going to let a feeling affect us. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's a really important conversation to have because a lot, I think a lot of times we feel like we're so powerless to our emotions and, mm-hmm. and I think that's a dangerous place to live from and for all the reasons that you're talking about it's like i i I don't want to walk around having one thing affect me so deeply that I cannot function for a period of time in my life. And I'm not I don't want to shed, you know, put light to any traumatic experiences or abuse or anything like that, but as adults we do have a choice of how we're going to deal with that as children not so much, but as adults we do have a choice of how we are going to move past or through things that have happened to us.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree, I agree wholeheartedly and and that's something that I just recently realized well, I'm hoping that other people won't have to wait until they're, you know, my age to figure out uh-huh. that really things, your life is about the choices you make. Really, it is. And even when it comes to your emotions, and I'm so glad that you're teaching people that because of really, how long are you going to hold on to that emotion? I I, I really dislike when I hear people say, I can't help it. Oh, I'm just like that. No, you can help it. And no, you're not just like that. You're choosing to be like uh-huh. that, you're choosing not to. You're making a choice, and we really need uh-huh. to start realizing that and stop saying like we have no choice over the things. We do have a choice. You have a choice uh-huh. on what you think. You definitely have a choice of how you how you speak. And I think people think feelings are something that we can't control. Or and in some in some instances we can't like sadness that that type uh-huh. of thing. But anger. Anger is something that you really can you you can say mm-hmm. I choose not to be angry I choose not to be angry about this I'm going to let it go so,
0: right and it's I think um, we we have choices in how we um, express our feelings I think that's the biggest yes. choice that we have when it comes to feeling yes. um, so it's it's important to understand I have I, I like to say I'm smiling because <laughs> I'm thinking of, um, of an ex boyfriend who um had a yelling problem when he got angry and I'm like, he's being my ex boyfriend for a reason, obviously, but um <laughs> I was just like if you choose to yell at me when you get angry instead of talking things out, then I will no longer be your girlfriend and here I am. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> we do. we like there are there are consequences to our choices. So um it, it's important to take a look at that and, and I love that you're teaching this to the younger you know, the at risk youth, um because I and I love working with at risk youth. I still do a lot of volunteer work with them. Um, because they are at a choice point in life. Um they are at like they're coming upon a crossroads of and I don't know what ages. What ages do you work with?
1: Well right now I'm in middle middle school. I just did a conference for girls like uh eleven through fifteen. So really mm-hmm. I work with what eleven on on up and specifically okay. sorry specifically girls girls yeah
0: great and and there's so, there's so much to teach them too um, you know regardless of their circumstances so I work um, I do volunteer work with um, at-risk youth who are in state custody, who have, you know, they have a loss of control because
1: mm-hmm. they have
0: been removed from their families. They're living in group homes and shelters. And, um, and so, but we focus on what, how can we move through this? And how can we, um, express ourselves in different ways that are going to be more, um, helpful for you rather than, than hurt you? And, and I think at any age, we can start to teach young people these skills because they're not taught and they really need to be because the, you know, there's a, a lot of people growing up in really not great circumstances. And you and I both know having come from backgrounds where it wasn't great that like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm too all about helping the next generation because I don't, I don't want them to have to suffer in the same way. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I want that cycle to be broken.
1: Exactly. And what, and something I've come to realize, again, going back to those videos, is that even the work that we do is important, but we also have to help the families, the parents. So uh-huh. Uh-huh. we really need to, we need to change the way that they view things, or we're still battling that home aspect as well. So I, I realize that there has to be something, something that we do to help young parents. So young mm-hmm. parents really that that don't know. As I as I said, I didn't know. I just knew that I had to raise some children, and I was going to do the best I could. And I did the best I could. It, it was the best that I could. But it, it was I did with what I, I raised them with the knowledge that I had at the time. Yes. So I'm yes. trying to take Absolutely. that. Yeah. So if I can give some other people some knowledge that I didn't have to help raise their children, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That's great. I love mm-hmm. that mission because I, I, it is important. It, it, like you said, it's important to work with um, the people who are also in the children's lives, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, their their actual biological families or not their biological families. It's, it's important wow. to have that network of support. Just like in my work now um, for my business, I, I help women entrepreneurs and, you know, helping them – Get the support that they need. It's like no matter who you work with out there. So whoever is listening, no matter who you work with, whether it's young people or adults or teenagers or elderly or whoever you work with, it's it's helping them, like like you said, Desanya, to 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 really address the thoughts behind that, how to deal with the feelings, and then also to provide that support that they need in order
1: to be successful. Hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So well, that is some, that is my mission now, It's uh, one of my missions. I, I keep taking on more, Creelin. I may have to pull back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off of work now, so I have a little extra time, but I'm still in the school system, and I realize that teaching, especially now in this day, it has changed so much over the past almost 17 years. Since I've been teaching because the children have changed they they have so much more, they have so so much access to things, but I'm realizing that even as a teacher planning those seeds um, my job goes beyond now the curriculum, my job is beyond curriculum my job is entails getting them prepared to be productive citizens, and still, with me, I think about I need to get into these children's minds, and I need to plant some seeds and change the way that they think about some things. So so I've become very intentional about that as well, using my – where I work, using that platform to help children overall.
0: That's great. Yeah, you've got to use what you have access to for sure. And, I I mean, Mm -hmm. I will speak as a parent who had a child in school – you know, thank you, <laughs> thank you for being there for our kids and for being a guiding light and um, giving them those, planting those seeds because that's so important. My first, um, when I was in graduate school and my first internship for um, for counseling, my supervisor talked to me about that idea of planting seeds. I worked in a, a shelter for at-risk youth. It was a, a short-term shelter, um, transitional housing. And so kids would come to us um, respite from their families if they were having a hard time, if there was any abuse or, or anything like that going on, or they were at risk for running away, they had a safe place to stay with us. So I remember, because we had such a short period of time with them, I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't feel like I'm making a difference. I don't have them long enough. I can't work with these families for more than two weeks. So, like, mm-hmm. what am I really doing here? And that was what she told me is it doesn't matter. What you're there to do is plant seeds, and all you have to do mm-hmm. – She's the one who taught me how just being present and listening to a young person was such a gift more than they sometimes even receive in their own homes. So mm-hmm. anything that you do to plant a seed is like you don't even know what's gonna happen. It's so exciting, like, oh, what's gonna happen with that seed? Where's it gonna show up later in their life? But like being a part of that process I think it's really it's exciting work. But it takes it's I think it just takes the strong person because I sometimes I'm like, Well I wanna see the result. I wanna see those mm-hmm. the, the seed sheep blossom mm-hmm. but we don't mm-hmm. always see it.
1: No, we don't. But I just like to think that somewhere some kid is saying, you know, I remember that teacher Miss Reed said, you know. Mm-hmm. Or she did and and I I do believe that. So I Yeah. It's just a blessing yeah. to get a chance to touch the lives of children. It, it's a blessing. Uh, right. And then I with that and then with just mentoring the girls because I know what it's like to be a girl. I know what it's like to be a girl without a lot of guidance and support. I know what that's like. And so I I want to be what I didn't have to other girls. hmm
0: That's great. That, that's a, a wonderful mission and, and I love it. And I'd love that you came on and and shared this with us. And I, I would love for my audience to be able to know how to touch base with you if they want to learn more about these wonderful videos you're talking about, the planting seeds and your, your book and, and the work that you do. So how can they reach
1: you? Oh, I'm all over the place. They can find me, and I may not be as active on some of them, but you can find me, it's Devonja Reed everywhere on Twitter, Facebook, um, and Instagram. I am at com. I post the blogs on um my website, so you can read my blog, leave any comments, or contact me. I've recently started mentoring services for young adult women. So any young women who are interested in any mentoring
0: service
1: services, I am available for that as well. And I just wrote my children's book about bullying. It's, called, it's titled uh, Fitting In Isn't Easy, and you're able to purchase that as well on my website.
0: Well, wonderful. Thank you so much, Devanya, for coming on and sharing your your message.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I had a good time.
0: Me too. And I hope you all enjoyed listening to Devanya's story. Uh, Please be sure to stay tuned for more episodes of people who have learned to get out of their own damn way. Thanks so much for listening. you've been listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast with Creelan Peters, the Fear Whisperer. Join us next time for more inspirational stories and leave a review on iTunes. You can also find us at creelan.com slash podcast. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot slash podcast. And get even more great tips on how to get out of your own damn way by taking Creelan's free quiz at creelan.com slash quiz. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash quiz. Thanks for tuning Thank